Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Pat Bradley in the Zone is brought to you by River City Flooring. Bradley off the screen for three. He's going to miss. He's been terrific in this first half. River City Flooring. The only thing better than their selection is their service. Visit RiverCityFlooringInc.com. RiverCityFlooringInc.com. Well, well, well. Look what the cat dragged in. Old PB. What do you say there, cowboy? What's going on? What's going on, fellas? How are we doing? Uh, a couple things about a couple things. First of all, let me start with the ladies, Pat. Let me start with the ladies. Your lady first. I was all looking right. at my phone the other day. I guess it was yesterday. It was your wife's birthday. I saw on Facebook. And I was like, do I have Janine's number in my phone? And I looked it up, and I have just her first name. And under subject <laughs> line or under company, it says, Milady. That's how I had her <laughs> stored in my phone. So I added the last name. But I want to wish her a very happy birthday. I hope you all had a great yes. time yesterday. Oh, yes. She, um, the tradition is uh, ravioli Sunday. Ooh! And so every year her mother uh, cooks up a, oh, man, hundreds of raviolis. Hundreds of raviolis. So the celebration is actually on the Sunday. Um, unfortunately, I was actually working uh, in Charlotte, SEC Studio. That's where I was headed next. Uh, I watched yes. you, and I was like, Halftime of the Arkansas uh, Little Rock women's game, or was it Arkansas Little yeah. Rock? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 And uh, I see Pat Bradley in the studio. I'm like, I didn't know Pat did basketball on women's days. I know. It It kind of worked out. The Andrea Carter is the – she does a lot of the women's studio, and she was working uh, the women's South Carolina basketball game that day. It was a big matchup, South Carolina-Maryland. So, you know, they slotted me in, and I was more than happy to do it. I uh, get a chance to be front and center for Coach uh, Coach Neighbors and Coach Foley. It was a, it was a tug. It was it was back and forth early on. Yeah. It really it really was. Good game early on. Yeah, first and, quarter was really close. Yeah, yeah. I watched. Halftime was the best for me, though. That was the highlight for me. <laughs> so the Razorbacks obviously took it on the chin over the weekend against Oklahoma and Tulsa. Did not defend the three well. Did not shoot the three well, which has been a continuing theme. What concerned you the most about the loss to a good Oklahoma team? Let's not forget that the Sooners have a lot of kids on scholarship, too, and they're also pretty good and well-coached. Yes. Yeah, they're well-coached. I thought the beginning of the game, it started out with their tempo. Porter Mosier and that defense, man, you know, that that's the first. That's probably all that they've been practicing, and they don't allow you to get in the paint. They keep everything on the sideline. They force you to take uh, deep jump shots. In the, in, the, in the Razorbacks were more than happy to oblige what the Oklahoma defense wanted them to do. Uh, and then, so it was, the half-court offense, you could tell, just lacks continuity. There's a disconnect there. How do I, you know, how do I get somebody their shot? And how do I help somebody get open? And you saw in the second half when they did make their run, it was it was just the tempo got fast it was they were defending they were rebounding they were able to run create some turnovers um oklahoma did end up with 16 turnovers hogs turned that into 24 points that's that's a lot of points off of turnovers and you know when so 
I like the fact they still get to the free throw line, guys. They lead the, lead the league, get to the free throw line, uh, making you know eight seventeen. I think they average right about eighteen, so they were right about their average. That's a lot of free throws. People keep talking about the lack of three point shooting, and I say, listen, if you're gonna yeah. <clears throat> average eighty points a game and make six threes per game. Okay. Hey, <laughs> means you're getting it somewhere else. Not to be particular pattern nitpicky, but you know that that's me. There's not a lack <laughs> of three-point shooting. There's a lack of three-point making. Right. There you go. So there Coach go. Coach Musselman clearly was frustrated in his not-so-veiled comments about J.D. Note after the game. Basically, I'll just paraphrase, he <laughs> thinks he can shoot himself out of it during the game, and I'm about tired of watching that crap. So yeah. you've been a shooter that has – well, I almost said occasionally struggle, but I don't think that ever happened. But if you were a shooter <laughs> that was occasionally struggling – Obviously, you're going to work hard in practice to improve. You're going to do what you can to get your mind right. How do you translate that to the game floor, Pat? Because I know these guys are probably knocking down shots all over the place in practice. Well, and he's in a unique position because last season, his mentality was like Vinny the Microwave Johnson. He came in, second unit. He the, The guys that he was on the floor with understood, okay, J.D. is, is our um, – he is our go – number one scoring option right now so those guys he played with understood that now he's not only you know top scoring threat but he is the number one scout on the scouting report i go into every game like hofstra today they're practicing of how to defend jd note oklahoma when they finished their previous game when the buzzer of their last game ended they all focused on, okay, how do we s- slow down J.D. Note? So he's the number one guy that all these defenses focus on. There's no J.D. Note behind him <laughs> like last year. You know, we, Last year was Moses Moody. How do you stop him? You know, Then it's Justin Smith, Jalen Tate. Then it was J.D. Note. So he's, he's experiencing different attention from the defense. So they're going to have to f- figure that out. You know, somebody I'm, – I'm looking at the stat sheet now, guys, and – Obviously, I think Jalen Williams is the centerpiece or could be the centerpiece because he can shoot it, he can pass it, he can put it on the floor. Uh, I can see <clears throat> Coach Moss trying to run the offense through him a lot more. Yeah. yeah. Devo Davis, man, I mean, he set career highs yeah. in shots taken. Like, Devo Davis, I love him. It's, it, I, I don't, his, and he was shooting some open shots. Which maybe the defense was like, hey, if we're going to have to give something up, you know, Devontae Davis, um, you know, force him to take that three as opposed to, you know, he's a terror when he's attacking the attacking the rim. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, him shooting 21 shots is, it, it, it's probably not going to happen very, very often. Pat, you talk about somebody, you know, stepping up and, and doing something to help JD out. He's got to quit shooting. I mean, for somebody to get more shots and to help and, and to get uh, production from a – I think uh, uh, Adis Tony would be a, a perfect uh, guy, a Stanley Umude. I think these are guys who can score in the half court that can take some of that pressure off of J.D. Note. But the first thing he's got to do is give up the ball. When he's shooting it 14 times a game, it's hard for other guys to get in, involved in the offense. Yeah, I, I like I said, it's it's a different mentality. Everybody sort of has to work together, and somebody's got to shoot it. And I don't know if there's, you know, we could probably break down each offensive set and look at, well, Stanley could have done that. 
Uh, Dees had a drive to the rim here he didn't take. Um, and look at where those where those mm-hmm. shots are coming. I you know la- like I said, I mean it's a different role that JD's at last year. Should he stop shooting? Maybe he should. I'd like to see him go fourteen for fourteen. Hmm. In that case, we don't want him to stop shooting. <laughs> I'd take seven for fourteen uh, these days. Yeah, that's he, he. You know, that's again. You don't. There's very few things you can change. Like you can't change the stripes on a leopard, and or the spots on a zebra. And he <laughs> is a high volume. You had me scratching my head there for high, a second. Thank you. I was hoping you guys would catch it. He's a high volume guy. He's the same Joe D J D Note as he was last year. You know, it's just he was he was the second unit's explosive scorer last year. Now he's the starting guard, uh, number one attention. And so there's there is a happy medium there because we celebrated him because he was a guy at the end of the shot clock. You could throw it to, and he could get you a tough basket. See, yeah. the, like the great thing about him, you look at it and you say against an Oklahoma defense that is not going to allow you to run your regular offense, right? They want to disrupt your regular offense. He was sort of the creative scorer that can maybe get something with without having to run that perfect offense because he could you know, he could shoot it, he's strong, he get to the rim, he could even back down a, a smaller guard. So yeah, those, are, those are the things that you hope that you can find that happy medium. Talking to Pat Bradley, courtesy of our friends at River City Flooring on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Rogers says, Pat, not sure if you were able to catch some SEC hoops outside of the Hogs, but I saw Bama and LSU this weekend. And as much as I hate to say it, those two look far superior to the Hogs right now. Certainly Alabama has a couple of significant victories with Gonzaga and Houston over the weekend. I think they won at least. I believe that the Cougars head coach had some questions about that. <laughs> yes, it was. You know what's funny about the SEC? Like We talk – Oh, what are we in? Maybe week six ish. And each week that we've talked, you can really say a different team is the best team that week. There was a week where Auburn had the best wins. There was a week where we look back and I think when, when the Hogs beat Cincinnati that week, they looked like the best team in the league that week. And then, of course, Alabama beating Gonzaga and the way they shot the ball against Gazaga, they looked like one of the best teams. They looked like the best team in the country. Yeah, when the ball goes week. through, it does make you look really good at basketball. Yeah, yeah. and so I think it's it's not uh, – I don't think anything's changed. When you look at the league, you say, man, there's maybe five teams that could ultimately win the SEC. And that's probably the way it's going to be. Tennessee hasn't peaked. and That's the thing is I don't think any of these teams have peaked, which is – which you know, Tennessee hasn't peaked. Kentucky's still figuring out. We're still figuring out. Auburn is hasn't even gotten back their best. Well, Jabari Smith's their best player, but Alan Flanagan, their best returning player, isn't even playing for Auburn now, mm-hmm. and they're just throttling folks. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's it's going to be uh, like that. I don't know what horse race you can compare it to, where it's like. They're all there right at the front. You know, somebody's nose gets ahead of the other, then they fall back, then another one. So it's it's going to be like neck and neck, nose and nose. Do you have a prediction on the number of SEC teams that will get into the NCAA tournament? Don't say 14. <laughs> it's going to be teeter. I, I think there'll be seven, and I think there'll be 
to like Mississippi State, possibly Mississippi State. I thought early on Mississippi State and Ole Miss would be right there uh, on the bubble. Um, could Texas A&M surprise you? You know, that's they're sort of like a sleeper. Um. Because they've got a few, you know, nobody respects them, but they, they, they can. Buzz Williams has a way of making game, mucking up games, and, and giving his guys a chance to win. And so the other teams, it's going to be tough. You know, South Carolina had a, a decent win at home um, this weekend, but they're a little, you know, trying to figure out Vanderbilt is oof, just really fig, trying to figure out, and Georgia's really, really trying to figure it out. <laughs> Did I miss anybody? Mm-mm. Sounds good to me. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be fun. What's the challenge of getting up for a team like Hofstra for Arkansas? Or will they have Hofstra. any issues after losing a game? Pretty easy to motivate, you think? Yeah, I th- it's it's going to be fun because they're playing uh, at a different venue. I always like to play at neutral court situations, although it's a home court mm-hmm. deal, which is, makes it even more fun. See, we never played when I when I got there. They just built Bud Walton Arena, so. We played all our home games up until the early 2000s when they built um, Altel. We didn't play. We didn't play anywhere else. They stopped that tradition. So I can imagine it's it's a fun, very fun for these players to look forward to that game. It's it's an easy yeah. game to look forward to. I think it'll be a good crowd. We've got the women's game earlier in the day too. I hope people will stick around. You know, go find something to do around Argenta or Little Rock downtown or wherever you want to go and come back. Plenty of downtime in between, but I hope that they have a good crowd for both. And that was one thing we didn't play the clip, but we'll we'll get to it later on. Coach Musman was praising the fans who turned out at Tulsa, and it was good to see the. You could hear the turnout. I mean, you didn't have to see yeah. it. But I mean, the Hog fans were in effect for sure. Let me get a couple calls in here, Pat. They've got questions or comments for you. They don't care about us. Let me get nobody from nowhere. What's up? What's happening, people? Not a lot. Hey, uh, it seems like Coach Mus just lets the kids play a little bit in contrast to how, I mean, if somebody had been putting up 15, 16 shots a game under Nolan and misses, they'd have been on the bench getting a, an earful. Is that a, a pretty – Hello. He broke no up one. on us there. No one. Thoughts? Well, I did shoot. Well, I did, I did shoot twenty-four three-pointers in one game. So, although that was the game, Coach Richardson got um, he got ejected uh, right around halftime. <laughs> he didn't want to watch you uh, shoot anymore. <laughs> yeah, he was he was protesting my shot selection. Uh, like like in that Texas game when Lee Mayberry hit the shot. Uh, this there's a a lot of coaches who give and like to give freedom to their team coach Moss is one of them man he he does he's like you know, he rewards great defensive efforts with with a, a lot of freedom on offense uh however you know sometimes he, you know he's gotta put you know lay down the law and say shot selection is is important to fellas like yeah and and I, so think of it though like if you're turning them over 16 times and you get 24 points off those turnovers mm. That's part of offense. Like that was part of Coach Richardson's offense was turning you over and, and creating offense from our defense. Pat, so I, more possessions, you're gonna you're gonna you want more possessions in a game. Some coaches don't want more possessions. Like Porter Moser and his loyal Chicago teams. If you guys remember, they wanted less possessions mm. every game. Yeah. Like they wanted to win fifty to fifty one. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Coach Muss wants wants to score eighty points or seventy five or whatever it is his goal is. Pat, have you? Uh, it, today is Roasted Chestnuts Day. You know, chestnuts roasting over an open fire. You know the song, right? Yes. Have you yes. ever had a chestnut? You know, I did. Uh, it was a couple, two, three, four, five, six years ago. I was like, "What the heck is up with these chestnuts? And why is people roasting them all the time?" So I got me some chestnuts and I roasted them. How were they? And I roast, roasted some walnuts. I roasted all kinds of nuts. Um, they were good. They were good. How do you rank they them in were... the nut hierarchy? Oh, man. I mean, you know me. I mean, it's it's not easy to rank it's the not, nuts. Not it's, not it's not easy. It's not easy. There there are some that just they don't belong. Now I'm a big Christmas nut guy. Mm-hmm. I like to get I like to get my nutcrackers and sit back and mm-hmm. crack 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 crack. Mm-hmm. And um, you know that's just one of my favorite pastimes to do. Just stare at the wall, maybe such a fake stare at the fake fire. It's a great story. Let me get Colt in here, and then we'll let you go about your way, and you can start telling the truth again. Colt, what's up? Hi, what's up, guys? How are y'all today? Good. I mean, I just got a you know kind of a couple comments and maybe a question for Pat. So you know, I've, you know, I've been listening to the you know to a few of the shows on the buzz, and you know, a lot of guys. I, Pat, question here is this: is you know, we have a lot of we had a lot of transfers in, a lot of prominent transfers that came in, and uh, you know, these guys are used to being the guy on their team, right? And then you you mix in a guy like Note, who's now in a starting role this year. And, you know, had a lot of success last year, but you look at guys like Likes and Abude and Tony, and, you know, these guys were, you know, averaging, you know, 15 plus on their old teams and, um, you know, and, and used to the ball rolling through them on offense. And so I, I think, like, to your point, Pat, I, I don't think that we peaked yet. You know, if you look at last year, you know, it took us a little bit to find our rotation. And there were times when the Hogs looked bad last year. Um, you know, but we found ways to win games and, and that was great. So, you know, I think that people need to settle down. You know, we lose one game, you know, so what, you know, did, did we all expect to go undefeated? No. And, and if you did, like, just, yeah. just, just go somewhere else because that's, that's just, that's not realistic. Colt, you Wes know, and so I were committed to an undefeated season, so we're very upset right now. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Justin, but, uh, you know, I'll have to, I'll have to kind of downgrade you too on that one. But, okay. uh, anyway, that's all right. um, I can, I can so. Basically, I mean, do you think that, you know, going back to Moses Moody's success that he had last year, you know, another, another, a caller came in and he was talking about how, you know, people see Mo, uh, Moody's success, you know, being a lottery pick and they want to come in and try to replicate that. Well, well, what they didn't see is, you know, Moses Moody was not a bulk shooter. Moses Moody let the game come to him. And you would, there would be nights where, where Moses would have a quiet 17, 18 points and he didn't shoot, you know. J.D. Note may have 18 points, but, but dang, I mean, that, that, that dude fired up 20-plus shots. I mean, right, right, right. So well, I'll put it to you like this. I'll, on, yes, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. Thank you. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I'll put it to you like this. December 14, 2020, to the, to the caller's point, he made a good point. We weren't – we didn't know that Justin Smith, Jalen Tate, those guys were absolute – just they they were the spokes and like they were key guys. Mm-hmm. We we didn't know who it was going to be, and we've talked about it before. Where we don't know is it is is it going to be Audis Tony Estanula Mude going to be that? Like Justin Smith was an he finishes he was an absolute beast. He was you guys remember the impact that dude had on games? He was 
filthy good. Jalen Tate running the point, six six point guard. Like he felt he he moved into that role excellent. And that helped Moses Moody. Um those guys. That that, that those guys played like grad transfers and tra- and and men. They were twenty two year olds. They they played like that. Mm-hmm. So in that last year's team did not turn the corner. I remember watching they lost to Tennessee and it was in the midst of a losing streak. And you could see in that loss of Tennessee at Tennessee, the guys started to enter into their defined roles. It was like, oh, okay, Jalen Tate's running the offense here. Okay, Moses is coming off screens, and this is how they're using Justin Smith. And I forget some of the other guys from last year's uh, starting five. And the other thing, too, is Devo Davis and Jalen Williams played prominent roles last year. And so now you're mixing in a J.D. Note, who was – just a, uh, a, a, you know, like a microwave score coming in, now a starter. Jalen and Devo were, were big-time contributors last year. And then you throw in, to the caller's point, your transfers, who were arguably the, their um, team's number one, two, three option. So there's a lot that Coach Moss has to um, combine here. But guess what, fellas? He knows that. He accepts that. Like, there are teams. I was watching Villanova Baylor the uh, the other day, and Baylor ended up stomping on Villanova, but it was a pretty good game. They and you saw Baylor, Justin. As much as Baylor lost from last year, mm-hmm. they're still filthy because yes. those guys came into this season already knowing what they had to do. That is a benefit. Like the day, you know, the the teams that have older guys that have been in their program for a few years, everything's already laid out to them, that's a huge benefit for some teams. Uh, we talk about all the time how Calipari would have to reset every year because he's getting you know those freshman one-and-dones. And it's in, in for years we talked about how Kentucky's going to be at the top of the league. <laughs> they may not look like it January 1st, but come March 1st, they're going to be competing for a championship because of all the new faces. So it does take time, yeah. you know, and that's uh, that's – that's the name of the game, fellas. Well, That's we see it every year. The There's too many yep, mixed guys in. I mean, Arkansas especially, but a lot of other schools. Ken Joe's come in at, at Baylor. Yeah. they got the two freshman bouncy dudes that are throwing it down. But you also got uh, Chamwa, Chachwa, and all the other guys that are back from last year. And nice. It's amazing that they've come, uh, you know, Baylor's just right there again, back to number one. So Back to number one, crazy. Oh, right? they're so filthy. Anyway, we got to run, PB. Love you, buddy. Great Love stuff. Uh, appreciate our friends as well, your great sponsors at River yep, City Florida. River Florence. City Florence. Yes, appreciate them. Appreciate you. Be good, guys. Hopefully, we'll see you soon. Yeah, what's uh, what's next week? We got one more week with you before Christmas, right? Yeah, I don't have to wish you a Merry Christmas yet, and I won't. I yeah, next week. <laughs> We're back. I won't do it. I won't do it. All right, <laughs> All right buddy. We'll talk right, to you then. All right, All right boys.